0: Shall we gather at the river where bright angel feet have trod with its crystal tide forever? its silver spray we will walk and worship ever all the happy golden day yes we'll gather at the with the saints at the river it
1: flows to the throne of God. First Peter. First Peter chapter one, verse eighteen. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believeth he is precious, but unto them which be a disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation." A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. Thank you, Alright, good morning
2: again. Good morning. As always, it's good to see each of you that the Lord has brought out. We praise Him for this time that he's given us a lot of times we don't realize how precious time is Uh, when and I were talking yesterday or last night it's Saturday night already again it comes so fast the weeks are going by so fast we don't realize how precious the time is that we have and we abuse uh, our portion of time a lot of times don't we through the day And it's one of the things that we seem to do over and over. But praise God that He has allowed us to have this time to come aside from all those things that make our week go by in a blur, all the busy things that we're so involved in, and that we can set all of that aside and leave it all outside of these doors and we can come in here. And worship Him in spirit and in truth as He has commanded and directed us in how to do. And I'll tell you, it is rejuvenating, isn't it? When we come here and we partake of God's Word, it's like going to the buffet to our bodies. We're nourished. We're strengthened. We need to partake of Jesus Christ. It's so important that we do, and it strengthens us. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. That's what we do for each other when we come together and we look into His precious, perfect, and eternal Word. We praise the Lord this morning that He has allowed us to come aside from the things of the world to this place. It's a designated act for us to be here by God We were told not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And God had great reasons for that because He knew that we would need it. He knew that we would be walking in this dusty, sinful world and that we would need to come aside to be separated from the world. And He allows us to do so in this precious time. This time that we're together this morning, it's not going to be repeated. Not ever. This is it. And we've been, we've had this time invested in us by God. So it's so important that we come. And one of the great benefits of us meeting together and looking into God's Word is that we are, as I mentioned earlier, spiritually nourished, we're strengthened. God knows exactly what we need from the milk of the Word to the strong meat of the Word. Alright, so, First Peter. I had Brother Gene read some in the first chapter, just kind of to bring us up to speed. But I'm going to begin in chapter 2, verse 1. Usually, when I see a wherefore or a therefore, I like to back up and read what was said beforehand because it's making reference to what was previously stated. So, we had Brother Gene read that. All right, First Peter chapter two and verse one. Wherefore, now that we know all these things that we just read above, we believe in God that He raised Jesus Christ from the fa- from the grave. That our faith And hope, verse 21 in chapter 1, might be in God. Brother Chuck just talked already this morning about not being able to put hope in ourselves or any other, only in God. There's hope nowhere else. That's why we seek Him and we look to Him. All right. So, being nourished by God's Word. If this message has a title, that would be it. Being nourished by God's Word. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to believers who he described in the previous chapter. Those who believe in Jesus Christ and that God the Father raised Him from the dead for the purchase of their souls. Those who have faith in Him He's speaking to us, isn't he? He's speaking to God's chosen people. All right. Now he's going to explain what's necessary in order to, and I always think of the steakhouse up here that gives you sherbet, And they say, well, that cleans your palate so you'll enjoy the steak. Well, by getting these things out of our minds and our hearts, before we look into God's Word, we're cleansing our palate, aren't we? We are, because the things of the world hinder our thought process when we look into God's Word. uh, They do. If you look into God's Word, you realize it. If you read God's Word, you realize it. If you attempt to express, to tell the story, to preach God's Word, you realize it for sure. There's opposition, isn't there? And a lot of it is in our minds, our thought processes. Why? Because they, our thought processes, are affected by the things that we see and hear and do every day in this fallen, cursed world. We're still affected by it. So Peter's going to tell them how to cleanse their palate, if you will. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. And then he says, as newborn babes. So, in our mind, he puts us in a state of mind, if you will, like a newborn babe. What's the newborn babe's mind filled with? Mama, mama, mama. Milk, milk, milk. That's it. You see, the mind is innocent, isn't it? Yes, we're born into sin, and the baby, he'll he'll sin from his mother's womb. The Bible tells us exactly that. Why? Because he's a sinner. Because he is under the human nature curse of Adam. Yes, Adam did bring that on us, but as Brother Chuck pointed out earlier, we would have done the same thing. We too are rebellious in our nature. So, as newborn babes, what does a newborn babe desire? The milk, right? God put that instinct in them. To seek out that milk to sustain their life. So he's comparing us and, if you will, our mindsets to that of a newborn babe. A lot of times uh, we tend to think that we're so much higher in our thought than to go back to the being a babe in Christ. But God wants us to return there. The sincere milk of the word is the gospel of Jesus Christ, isn't it? It is. It's the account. It's the story of the life of Jesus Christ and its purpose. Constantly we need to return to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to apply it over and over. Why? Because we're affected by the world we live in. And our minds don't stay clean our minds don't stay as our palate as we eat the sherbet before the steak and the way we cleanse our the palate of our mind let's say is by putting these things away that have a negative effect on our thoughts of God on our belief in him there are things in the world that will cause you to doubt God if you allow them to affect the way you think. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. The baby grows, doesn't he? Or he. They grow because God, through His perfect design of life, provides exactly what that baby, that particular baby, needs. And it comes from that particular baby's mother, doesn't it? The best nourishment is from that particular baby's mother. God knows exactly what we need. And we do need the sincere milk of the Word, the gospel. We need to think about it. We need to contemplate how it affects us, how it applies to us, and where it belongs in our life. We can't uh, move past the gospel and go on to uh, maybe other uh, studies and leave the Gospel behind. It's like saying, I just want the New Testament, not the Old Testament. Well, the entire Word of God is life-giving through the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. And Jesus Christ was in the beginning. He's always been. He's eternal God. Nothing was created without Him. He's a great Creator and the great and powerful Savior. All right. So, wherefore, laying aside all malice, guile, hypocrisy, envies, and evil speakings, and I'm not going to go through and try to define all those things because we know what they are. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, if so be, Ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious without the Spirit of God and the life that He brings and gives and sustains. This is black words on white pages. And I know I've used that term for years and years. But it's true. I've read it before God saved me. And no, I didn't get it. I didn't see the application of it to me. Oh, but when God saved me, He changed my heart. And I realized He was talking to me personally. If so be you have tasted the Lord is what? Gracious. It's by grace that you're saved and that through faith. It's not of yourselves. Nor could it be. There's no room and no place for boasting. Even in the child of God, is there? No. No, there is not. All praise and glory belongs to Him. In the book of John, and chapter 6, let's look at a verse there. John chapter 6, verse 43 says, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. You know the Lord? Praise Him for it. Because He gave you the ability to understand and to apply His Word to that new heart that He's given you. It is written in the prophets in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and learned of the Father comes to me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. We're talking about spiritual food, aren't we? Spiritual nourishment. Yes, God sent down manna from heaven to the Israelites in the desert where there was no food. And they lived off of it. But that was typical of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the true manna from heaven that God sent down to provide life to those who were hungry. Those who had no connection with Him. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and they're dead, physically. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. You see, Jesus Christ was typified by that manna that was sent down from heaven to provide life. He is the true manna from heaven. Verse 51, yes, verse 51 says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, and he's talking about partaking of himself, isn't he? And all of, to partake of Jesus Christ, you have to partake of the gospel, don't you? What he did, who he was, what he did and who he did it for, why he did it. How He did it. The power that was displayed. He hung on that cross. He lived the perfect life. He purposely gave it up. He came to do that. Like the man up from heaven was sent down to provide life where there was no provision. Jesus Christ was sent down to provide life where there was no provision for that life. No connection to God, but He made a connection, didn't He? He hung on the cross, and God saw us through Him and through His shed blood. He paid the price for us. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, the Jews, they were looking at his body, going, we're going to eat his hands and his arms and his feet. Why did they see it that way and not see it spiritually? Because they didn't have the discernment. They didn't have the connection with God to understand what he was saying. You do. Praise God. And I do. He was speaking spiritually. Verse 52 says, The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Again, he's speaking spiritually. The New Testament tells us that Jesus Christ is the Word. He was the Word. It's about Him. It's all to His glory, this entire book. As we partake of it, we are partaking of Him. Verse 54 says, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me. And I in him. As the living Father has sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, or partaketh of me, or seeks me, even he shall live by me. All right. Kind of a little side note that I got carried away with. Okay, so back to 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 4. Verse 3 said, If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You have experienced His grace and His mercy. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Oh, how precious. Only perfect human that ever lived. Oh, how precious. Chosen of God. He sent His own Son to die for you. Ye also, verse 5, as lively stones or living stones, are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. That's the Lord's church. He put us together. He is building this holy priesthood, this spiritual house. It's not the walls and the roof. No, it's us. The church is us. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Kind of what started this was our uh, study last week was of Cain and Abel. And uh, they were allowed to come and make sacrifices to God. And they represented two approaches to God. One was by faith. We read over in Hebrews 11 that it's by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable sacrifice. And that's what was missing. Alright, and when I read this, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God by who? Jesus Christ. Who has God ever been pleased with? Jesus Christ. And those whose faith are in Him. It's by faith that we're able to please God. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you see. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in sign a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. See, God just doesn't do anything haphazardly, does He? No, He has perfect plans. He has a perfect plan for you and your life. And as you trust in Him and stand on Jesus Christ, the rock of your salvation, and live for Him, oh, He is living in you. Anything good that comes out of one of us, it's God doing it, and we're just an instrument. And that's a fact. You see, that's where uh, the glory of man is set aside, and the glory of God is realized in its fullness, isn't it? Yes, salvation is by grace through faith. Behold, verse 6 I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. I said before that before I was saved, I read this book, but I was confounded. I was confused. I didn't understand the application of it. It didn't mean anything to me, only that it made my daddy happy to see me reading it. That was about it. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders allowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, in other words, don't follow it, don't follow the word, don't seek to uh, obey God or please God, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. That's a big old word, isn't it? God has a plan, don't He? And He's not dependent on us or waiting for us to do anything to be successful in His plan, is He? No. No, He's the perfect planner, and He is the perfect doer of that plan. Verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness. There's that confoundment. There's that not understanding, that darkness, into His marvelous light. I want to notice a little more about verse 5. I kind of skipped over it quicker than I wanted to. Ye also as lively are living stones, also along with Jesus Christ. That's the also here. We're talking about Jesus Christ, came as a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, and he certainly was. Even his own brothers rejected him. Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house of holy priesthood. Why? For what purpose? What's God's will in my life? To offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. How do we do it? By Jesus Christ. By faith in Him. What what are these spiritual sacrifices? Well, they're praise to Him, isn't it? It's prayer to Him and dependence on Him, isn't it? It's service to Him. It's a broken and contrite heart as the Bible teaches. It's humility. It, yes, it is. It was God's grace and mercy in the Old Testament for a child to be born an Israelite and not one of the heathens. It was His plan for that person. The same is true. It's God's grace and mercy that caused you to be born into the family of God because He loved you. And He didn't look ahead and say, Oh, they're going to be pretty smart. I could probably use them. No. If He looked ahead, He saw that they're going to need me because they have no hope in and of themselves. Do you believe in the precious Jesus Christ? you believe in the anointed one of God is he not the object of greatest value to you verse 7 said unto you therefore which believe he is precious he's precious he's everything isn't he we're driven to him by the love we have for him that he's given us and guess who the driver is it's him you see no man cometh to me except my Father which sent me, Jesus said. Drags him over here where I am. Draws him. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, I know I've already read this, but the song which the builders the disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. All the weight of the spiritual building that God is building goes to the corner doesn't it all of the weight is on the shoulders of Jesus Christ it's all dependent on him and praise God he pleased the father didn't he and he did it on your behalf what a savior God had the right to do with his son as he pleased always takes me back to Abraham and that son that he waited so long for, Isaac. God told him to sacrifice him. And he almost did. But the angel of the Lord stopped him. So I see now, I see now that you trust God, that you believe God. And as Abraham had told his son, he said, son, don't worry about the lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. And that's exactly what God did. He provided himself in the person of the Son of God as the perfect lamb without spot and blemish, the only accepted sacrifice that all the Old Testament pointed to. God had the right to do with Israel what he pleased. It was his chosen people. He has the right to do with us what he pleased. Mm-hmm. And praise God. His pleasure was in drawing us unto himself and saving our souls. Mm-hmm. And that for an eternal life with him. He has the sovereign right to do with all his creatures as it pleases him. Turn with me now to Romans chapter 9 and we'll close right here. Romans chapter 9. Verse 11, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of Him, God, that calleth. It was said unto her, The elders shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For He saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will. Have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy, on whom he will have mercy. and whom he will, he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it? Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto, unto dishonor? What if God... Willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath that are fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. What a Savior! Even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only but also of the Gentiles. What a Savior. Amen.
1: I'll
2: tell you what. He has saved us by His grace. By showing mercy on us who were in need. He has a plan for your life. And you can please God in your life. It's by faith That Abraham trusted in God. It's by faith that Abel presented a more uh, acceptable sacrifice than Cain. It's by faith that Noah built the ark. It's by faith that you live your life for Jesus Christ. And as you trust in him, you are more and more strengthened every day. Oh, that we would stand on that rock because the storms are coming. But God says, fear not. Why? He says, because I am with you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. What a great Savior.